engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. I'm back. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB in Atlanta's evening news. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And don't forget, you can text show to 444-999. Sign up for my daily email where you would get the lowdown on what was happening with fetal heartbeat, even while I was off for a few days of vacation. The fetal heartbeat legislation has passed. Brian Kemp is going to sign it. Hollywood is outraged. Outraged, I tell you. Except they're not, really. There are a few actors. Okay, can we even call Alyssa Milano an actress when I don't think she's acted since Charmed? Uh, has she? I, I don't know that she has. Um, we, uh, you got a lot of people on this list of Hollywood actors and actresses, and I hadn't heard of more than half of them. Uh, also, a number of men on there, of course. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, you've got liberal men um, who think they can become women and have babies. But nonetheless, uh, the outrage continues. Here's a dirty little secret about the fetal heartbeat legislation and the coverage, both locally and nationally. A majority of Americans actually support regulations on uh, abortion. They actually support restrictions on abortion. It's kind of funny to have uh, reporters in this country say, oh, Le Monde, Le Monde, a French newspaper is covering the heartbeat law in Georgia. It's made international news. Did you know France actually has more restrictions on abortion than Georgia will once this legislation is signed? Uh, much harder to get an abortion in France. In, in fact, for all the, the progressives out there who say uh, we need to stop using the death penalty because there are only three or four countries on earth that uh, have more pervasive death penalty laws in the United States, there are only two or three countries on earth that have more permissive abortion rules than the United States. Western European countries like Germany, France, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, you know, I mean, the Netherlands, one of the most permissive countries on earth from, from assisted suicide to prostitution, you name it, they have far more restrictions on abortion than what we'll have in Georgia. But this is the important part of it. Uh, by and large, the media in this country is out of step with the American public. The American media is far more likely to support uh, progressive abortion rights than the American public as a whole. In fact, there's been a, a just a shock and awe in the media over the last 72 hours as polling came out in New York that turned out that the, only 27% of New Yorkers supported New York's new abortion on demand law. Now, you've got a number of people around here who are pushing out all, all sorts of uh, claims about, well, this is going to be unpopular in, in the suburbs, this is going to be unpopular, and this, that, and the other, but that's not actually true. Um, by and large, Georgians favor some level of restrictions on abortion, and that's what this legislation captures, that when there is a heartbeat, of the child, uh, abortion restrictions begin to kick in, and further, as the pregnancy develops, more restrictions kick in, and uh, parents are allowed to take the tax benefit of having a child, and mothers are allowed to get deadbeat dads to help them cover the costs of pregnancy. It's much more expensive. What it does not do, though, is it does not criminalize miscarriages. This is one of the things that the Democrats are trying to scare people about. They're not being truthful, and in fact, there are a number of people in the media peddling these lies from the Democrats 
Democrats to try to scare people. The bigger issue, however, on the fetal heartbeat legislation is that no one's going to care by next year. It was smart of Republicans to do it this year because it gives them a year to show that all of the scare scenarios aren't going to be out there. So, for example, you've got Jen Jordan, who is basically Georgia's version of abortion Barbie, Wendy Davis. She's become like the cause celeb of it's fascinating to watch the media build her up as as someone uh in fact i saw a local reporter talking about how many people watched her youtube video it wasn't even a quarter it wasn't even an eighth of windy davis back in the day no one really cares about this issue but it's good for ratings i guess so everybody's trying to trying to cover this but yeah, nonetheless she had Jen george she went on with allison camarada on cnn go ahead senator jordan because that's not how you saw it in fact i just wanted to Tell people a little bit about your speech that went viral because you shared something very personal about the heartbreak of pregnancy loss that you've experienced. And I just want to hear a little bit more about why you felt compelled to share that in such a public way. You know, the reason that I felt that it was important is because this whole issue has really been framed with respect to abortion. But it's much bigger than that. I mean, what we're talking about is the fundamental right to privacy that women have. And so when you talk about abortion, people kind of go to their camps. But look, women have miscarriages every day. Women have fertility issues every day. We don't talk about it. That's just it. We're not out um, in front of clinics holding signs, anything like this. But this bill is going to affect every aspect of every woman's life in the state of Georgia. And let me be clear, women are going to die because of this law, because they cannot get appropriate health care from OBGYNs in this state. And that is really what's going to happen at the end of the day. That, that's not true. That women are going to die because of this law. That this law affects every aspect of every woman's life. That that's none of that is true. None of that is true, which shows you to some degree how desperate Democrats are to to fearmonger this legislation because they know the legislation is actually somewhat popular. They know, in fact, that a majority of people, including a majority of women, actually do support regulations on abortion and restrictions on abortion. Not all of us sleep the same way. 63% of Americans sleep on their sides. Are you one of them? I am. My butterfly pillow gives you support in the places you need it most, keeping your neck and spine in alignment throughout the night, even if you switch sides. My butterfly pillow is patented sleep technology. It elevates your head to where you need it. Includes a place to fit your arm and a pillow and a pillow for your ear, which is soft and comfortable, even if you stay in one position all night. The height of my butterfly pillow is even adjustable. Do you fall asleep to white noise or meditative sounds? Well, my butterfly pillow has a Bluetooth adapted night owl speakers, so you can listen to music sounds or even a smart TV while you're laying down. Listeners to my show can save $30 off the list price of $129. Is it worth it? Yes, I think it is. It's become my napping pillow. Lay in bed, listen to music, listen to the call map that I talk to you about sometimes. It's a great, great, great pillow. Use code Eric at checkout at mybutterflypillow.com. You'll get My Butterfly Pillow for just $99 and free shipping in the continental U.S. Again, go to MyButterflyPillow.com, enter code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at checkout. You'll save $30 and get free shipping. That's MyButterflyPillow.com. Checkout code ERIC. Sleep, relax, lay down, enjoy some music in your ear, and have a comfortable pillow. So 
the reason Democrats have to scare everyone about this legislation and say things like Jim Jordan did, which uh, is simply not true, that women are going to die because of those. You, you mark my words, though, uh, that they're going to go out and they're going to try to find women who have died in the next year who are pregnant and blame it on this law. Uh, you're going to see a coordinated media effort. You're going to have reporters helping uh, the Democrats do this in the next year. They they are obligated to amp it up as much as possible and scare people as much as possible regarding the legislation. And the reason they have to is because they have to overcome the barrier of entry into the debate. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, polling, poll after poll after poll has shown uh, people support restrictions on abortion in this country, including women. And once a child develops its own heartbeat, uh, the support for restrictions goes up. The longer into pregnancy it goes, uh, the more people support restrictions on abortion, including women here. So in order to get around that, they have to amp up the fear of this legislation and distort what it means. They can't be honest about the legislation. How many of these Democrats have even mentioned that a pregnant mother will be able to get a deadbeat uh, father to help cover the cost of pregnancy? How many of them? None is the answer. How many of them have mentioned that this legislation will allow parents to take the taxable benefit of having children while they have a child in utero? None. None of the Democrats have mentioned that. They haven't mentioned these things because these things are very, very popular. So they've got to distract. And unfortunately for Republicans, uh, they do have a something to overcome. And that is most members of the media are decidedly pro-abortion. Most members of the media believe that abortion is akin to a civil right. And so most members of the media are deeply sympathetic to Democratic arguments on abortion and so are willing to amplify Democratic critiques of legislation like this uh, and leave those unchallenged by Republicans. They accept as facts claims like what Jen Jordan made Dallas and Camerata on CNN that women are absolutely going to die from this, that this legislation affects every aspect of a woman's life, things that simply are not true. The media allows the Democrats to pursue that. The media allows the Democrats to advance that argument. By the way, um, I, I've got to give some credit here to Renee Unterman. Uh, for those of you who have long listened to this program, I, I'm not a huge fan of Renee Unterman, uh, not my favorite member of the state Senate by a long shot, and she has really, really, really done great work on this legislation. Renee Unterman has taken the slings and arrows of colleagues. She has taken the slings and arrows of abortion rights activists, and she stood up to all of them, Renee Unterman did. Now, she is running for Congress in the 7th Congressional District to replace uh, Rob Woodall, and and I suspect she's going to get some support out of how she navigated this legislation through the state Senate. Uh, the Democrats, of course, are going to attack. The, I, I've seen the AJC now several times circulate the picture of Renee Unterman standing in front of all the, the Republican men in the legislature. Say, oh, this, this, is, this is going to be bad. Um, I don't know that it is. Uh, and I don't know that a lot of conservatives will rally to Renee Unterman. But uh, considering how critical I have been of her at times on this program, I, I think it is worth me spending a few minutes here to tell you that she she fought the good fight on this. Uh, Renee Unterman really fought the good fight on this legislation. She really got it to the floor of the state Senate. She really got the state Senate to debate it and really gave good arguments in favor of it. It is very interesting to me how the media has uh, played up Jim Jordan's arguments and downplayed Renee Unterman. I do believe that there is a level of media bias in this. Um, the way the media has played up Democratic uh, arguments and downplayed Republican arguments, the way the uh, media has uh, played up Democratic women and downplayed Republican women. 
They have really made this within the local media here in Atlanta, shamefully, I think, uh, a men versus women issue that all these men Republicans, it's the easy argument for them to make and they bought it. It's the dumb argument, but it's the easy argument. It is much more concerned about optics than arguments. The local media has advanced Democratic arguments on this and ignored Republican arguments. They have not been willing to fact check with honesty Democratic arguments on this. Uh, and it's it's really a shame to see uh, thankfully, I got a microphone here and I'm not afraid to use it when it comes to pushing back on some of this stuff. Uh, again, though, Brian Kim is going to sign this legislation. It is not going to hurt the Republicans next year. Now, y- you can be assured that if the Democrats somehow are able to take back the state legislature next year, the Democrats are going to claim fetal heartbeat is what did it. No one's going to remember or care about the fetal heartbeat legislation November of 2020, uh, more than a year and a half, almost two years from now. It, it, they're not going to care about it. But remember, Democrats want to define the election, and you've got a media complacent and complicit in helping the Democrats do so on their terms, just as, for example, in 2018, the Democrats repeatedly said that they were they were taking back Congress because of health care. They were taking back Congress because the nation's more liberal than it used to be. They were taking back Congress because Americans rejected the tax reform legislation. It all actually came down to a referendum on Donald Trump, and yet the media was willing to allow the Democrats to define those terms. Uh, I, I, I want to spend some time tonight on media bias. At some point tonight, we'll get there. When we come back, though, uh, a lot of people in Hollywood, they may be lashing out about the abortion law, but they're not afraid to talk smack about Jesse Smollett. And there's another David Ralston scandal we need to delve into. Admit it. You think cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why you need ExpressVPN. It secures and makes anonymous your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, or your tablet. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. You can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that so many people have come to rely on. It's the rated number one VPN service by TechRadar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect yourself online today and find out how to get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S vpn.com slash E-R-I-C-K for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. I have an important housekeeping note for all of you. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, a Republican senator, is going to be joining us at the resurgent gathering here in Atlanta on August 2nd. Uh, Yeah, August 2nd. If you want to come to the resurgent gathering, we've also invited the vice president. Security won't let us say much about that right now, the Secret Service and all, but... Um, he may show up. Hmm. Nonetheless, uh, Senator Tim Scott, I can tell you he's going to be there. Brian Kemp as well. Uh, Congressman Jody Heiss, Senator David Perdue, I believe we've invited. I don't know that he's confirmed yet. I'm hoping he'll be there. 
Um, but you can text Atlanta to 345-345. Yes, uh, David Perdue is going to be there. So uh, very excited, great lineup coming, assuming we get the vice president as well. We've also invited executives from uh, Google and Facebook to come talk about Internet privacy and regulation of the internet. Mark Zuckerberg has come out with an op-ed in the Washington Post in which he is encouraging government regulation of social media and and the internet. I I understand why Facebook wants this. I mean, Facebook is being put upon by all sides. Did you hear that uh, Ben Carson in the Department of Housing and Urban Development is suing Facebook for housing discrimination in advertising? Housing discrimination in advertising. Now, Facebook didn't discriminate against anyone in housing. You need to understand that out of the gate. Facebook has not discriminated against a single soul. Facebook has a very robust ad platform. And someone went in and used Facebook's platform. Or, I mean, if you actually read the complaint from Housing Urban Development, theoretically, not actually happened, but theoretically could happen. Someone could go in uh, and advertise for housing and discriminate based on, on race, uh, creed, religion, gender, all that sort of stuff that you're not allowed to do in housing. And they're blaming Facebook for it. Facebook didn't do it. Somebody did. You should blame that person. But they're being put upon by all sides. They've got shareholder concerns. Every story that comes out about Facebook these days is negative. And a lot of that is because the media outsourced the growth of their websites to Facebook. Didn't turn out well for the media. Now they're mad at Facebook and they're trying to seek revenge on Facebook. Look, the company has its problems. I mean, everybody, including Facebook, acknowledges they got problems. Uh, but to now call for government regulation, just uh, do it yourself. You don't need the government to design regulations for data and and personal privacy. Just do it yourself. Apple has turned this into a big thing for Apple. Uh, Apple, you know, we've got HomePods at our house, the Apple Apple Music thing. Uh, we've got an Alexa unit. Somebody sent it to me years ago, and I've never been able to figure out who. But the Alexa and the Google Homes, they listen to you all the time, and the Apple ones don't. And I don't want to be eavesdropped on in my house by electronics that want to sell me ads. But nonetheless, I think Facebook should go in that direction. I, I totally get why they want to, though. When we come back, David Ralston, more on the David Ralston scandal. New story in the AJC. It's a doozy, I'll tell you about it when we come back. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I just... Johnny Edwards at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is just continuing to do amazing work on this uh, scandal involving David Ralston. New story came out over the weekend involving a man named Robert Kennedy. Let me just read you part of this. Robert Kennedy was on the ground bleeding. The man standing over him showed no mercy. He raised the hammer and struck Kennedy over and over again with the claw end. Landing blows on his skull and his legs, Kennedy told the AJC in an account that parallels a North Carolina police report. When the beating ended, the man hogtied his arms to his ankles with duct tape and zip ties, then dragged him to a ditch. Kennedy said he didn't expect to come out of the woods alive. It was a near-death experience, the 22-year-old said. 22 years old. Attacked by a man named Brock Harper, 45, who faces charges in the attack of assault with a deadly weapon, inflicting serious injury and second-degree kidnapping. But Georgia court records indicate Harper 
might have been in jail that day had he stood trial on earlier aggravated assault charges. House Speaker David Ralston is Harper's attorney in that case, and he repeatedly cited legislative responsibilities to put off court dates. That's right, Harper, who had a lengthy criminal record, hired Ralston to defend him against 2014 charges of chasing a man down in Fanning County and ramming his pickup truck with a car. After posting bond, Harper was caught stealing lawn equipment from a Union County soccer league. He didn't hire Ralston as a main, attor- main attorney for that case, and Harper soon went to court, pleaded guilty, went to prison, and got paroled, all with the Fanning County assault case still pending. But Ralston delayed the Fanning case seven times, including five delays after Harper got out of prison. Ralston, of course, is blaming the prosecutor for this. It's, it's all the prosecutor's fault. It's, it's, it's the prosecutor. How many of the judges and prosecutors have practiced law with David Ralston? Hmm? You know, the, the old prosecutor, I'm told, up in Fanning County stood up to Ralston, and Ralston drummed up a challenge against the person. We're dealing with political motivation here. Uh, Ralston uses his legislative leave, and now we've got someone who was, again, let let me read this to you. This this happened to a 22-year-old. He was hit repeatedly with the claw end of a hammer on his skull and his legs. He was hogtied, his arms to his ankles with duct tape and zip ties, and dragged into a ditch. That's crazy. That's crazy. Harper asked Kennedy to take a ride. They wound up in a wooded area near Lake Chattoog where the attack happened, according to Clay County, North Carolina police. Harper accused the young man of sleeping with his girlfriend. According to the records, Harper drove Kennedy back to the house where they lived with Harper's girlfriend. His hands duct taped together. Harper and his girlfriend argued. Harper allegedly kicked in a front door before leaving. He's also charged with felony breaking and entering and criminal domestic trespass. He's now back in jail in Union County on a probation violation for the hammer attack. Had the 2014 case, this is the AJC, had the 2014 case been resolved, uh, Harper might not have been free to attack her son, Mason, Rose Mason being quoted here. Uh, The young man still has headaches, blurred vision, and ringing in his ears from the beating. The police report noted that uh, Robert Kennedy had red marks around his neck as if he'd been choked, as well as several lacerations and marks on his head and body, some in the shape of a hammer. This is David Ralston, folks. David Ralston, he didn't do the attack. David Ralston's allowed the attacker to, to never go to trial to be held accountable for anything. And our state House representatives is still quiet on the issue. Our state legislators are still refusing to take a position. Behind the scenes, many of them seething over Ralston, but they're too scared to speak up. They see what's happened to David Clark and others who have had their legislation killed this year. You're at the end of the legislative session. Your legislation has passed. Are you still too scared to stand up to the speaker? 
It is amazing to me that the, these Republicans could get weak need and flee the legislature so they didn't have to uh, vote on this pro-life uh, fetal heartbeat legislation. And they're so weak need they can't even stand up to the speaker. Story after story. What do they think is going to hurt them more in the swing districts? The fetal heartbeat legislation or standing behind the speaker refusing to do anything? Do they really think the Democrats that are throwing everything they can at them over fetal heartbeat aren't going to use the speaker as a liability in 2020? Are they really naive enough? to think that's not going to happen that's insane and i really am amazed at the republicans in the state legislature refusing to speak up on this issue there have been some brave ones who are willing to speak up but a lot of them behind the scenes they they talk privately and they're outraged about it but they're scared of the speaker i just i'm fixated on these republicans who believe the fetal heartbeat legislation is going to hurt them in swing districts in 2020. And they don't look at the Speaker Ralston stories and think this is going to hurt them. What do you think is going to hurt them more? Poll after poll after poll shows that voters in swing districts are pro-life. Women are pro-life. Women favor restrictions on abortion. They don't favor bans on abortion. They favor restrictions on abortion. But poll after poll after poll, I don't need a poll to tell me. There hasn't been one conducted. And I, I can tell you, though, the Democrats are going to turn this into an internet campaign. The, if they're going after Republicans on the fetal heartbeat legislation, they're saying Republicans are going to hurt women. What about the women who were attacked and their attackers, alleged attackers, I guess we should say, are still out? What's going to hurt these Republicans more? That they were covering for, standing up for a Speaker of the House who led this happen, or that they voted for life. What's going to hurt them more? I would submit to you, they're not going to get beat up for the fetal heartbeat legislation. No one's going to care by 2020. All of the scare scenarios from Jim Jordan and the, Jim Jordan and the rest of them, they're not going to pan out. But we'll still have people who haven't gone to trial because of David Ralston, who's hiding behind a committee he's appointed to give him cover to keep this going. Are these state legislators really going to want to make that a fight? Are they really going to want to suffer the ad war from the Democrats? Because there's a resolution now from David Clark. The, the resolution is out there to call on the speaker to, to resign or step down or be forced out if he doesn't. And you got a lot of Republicans who have refused to sign it. I can assure you the Democrats are going to point out these Republicans who have refused to sign this resolution. That's going to be the attack. That's not. It's not the fetal heartbeat. This is going to be the attack. So if you want to save the Republican majority in the House, you probably need to stand up and knock some sense into them. Pun, pun here. I, I'm not intended uh, <laughs> after that story. Nonetheless, text SPEAKER to 345-345. Text SPEAKER to 345-345. Call your state House member. Ask them if they really think that the Democrats are going to come after them with fetal heartbeat or are they going to come after him with all of these stories about the speaker in 2020? What do they think is going to do more damage to him with women in the suburbs? I assure you, women in the suburbs, majority of them are pro-life, but they're not fans of the speaker. The phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And just as a reminder, if you want to call your state representative and tell them it's time for Speaker Ralston to go, text the word SPEAKER to 345-345. 
that'll connect you into the resurgence action center where you can then you'll basically go you'd call a number it says put in your zip code you put in your zip code and you'll hear my voice i will connect you to your state representative hey we just don't tell you the news we also try to tell you what you can do about it here now Saturday Night Live. Believe it or not, they actually ridiculed Jesse Smollett on their on Saturday night. Um, I'm not going to play you the audio from Saturday Night Live because I'm kind of tired of Saturday Night Live, but it, it did make me laugh. Chris Rock. Uh, Chris Rock, actually. And I can't play you Chris Rock. We'd have to bleep parts of it. Uh, but Chris Rock, they had the Image Awards. And um, the... <laughs> Um, so Chris Rock, he got on stage and he said that the NAACP, they told him not to, uh, say they, no one was allowed to say anything about, uh, Jesse Smollett. And yet he got on stage and he did. And the crowd was just dying, laughing about it. Everybody gets the joke. I I've got to tell you the way this thing is shaping up. I think that he probably did himself more harm than good. In working with the district attorney, there's a pro or the state attorney. There's a protest outside her office today by the Fraternal Order of Police. Black Lives Matter showed up to try to defend Smollett. Um, that didn't do any good. You got the people at the NAACP Awards laughing at him. You've got Saturday Night Live laughing at him. You got the people at Empire saying there's really no reason uh, to, um, to to see him back on the show. <laughs> I mean, the guy, and now there, it looks like there may be a federal prosecution, and now it looks like the um, prosecuting attorneys in Illinois are investigating the prosecutor because she said she had recused herself, and she actually had not recused herself. Uh, they're also saying that the deal she cut is not recognized in any court of law in Illinois, so the deal may get revoked. But the overarching thing is you now got a federal investigation. You got a federal investigation into the prosecutor, apparently, uh, at least rumors in, in the city. Hall there. Of course, there are always federal investigations in Chicago against the corruption there, but there's rumors of a legit one against her. You also have the ongoing Postal Service investigation, and now the city of Chicago is going to sue Smollett to recover the cost of the investigative time. He's not going to fare very well in this, and he's probably ruined his career. When Chris Rock makes you the butt of jokes at the Image Awards and the whole audience is laughing at you, and Saturday Night Live as well, not going well. When we come back, Chick-fil-A under attack, and Joe Biden, he's a hugger. Hello there, it is the second hour of Atlanta's Evening News. Eric Erickson here, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Tim Scott coming to the Resurgent Gathering. It'll be here in Atlanta in August. Uh, He's the senator from South Carolina. He'll be joining uh, Senator David Perdue, Governor Brian Kemp, and others. One really big name we can't tell you about yet. I can assure you right now the registration is $99 for the event over the period. Uh, We're going to be jacking up the price before we announce the big speaker. So if you want to get in now, text the word Atlanta to 345345. Uh, We need to talk about Joe Biden. I heard Hannity before we came on talking about the Biden situation. I've got to tell you, and and I I don't want to make any of you. I I triggered someone earlier 
by saying this. It, it, very much the same way when Joe Biden said that Mike Pence was actually a good guy, even if they disagreed on politics, and the left went after him. Um, they, there were people who came after me earlier when I pointed out that Joe Biden and his wife, behind the scenes privately, doing things you've never seen or heard, are actually very kind people. You can, It is possible, still in this country, to vehemently disagree with someone on politics and recognize that they are outside of politics, outside of the political arena, outside of the lying, dirty business of politics, that they actually can be a decent human being in their their life devoid of politics. Jill Biden, you never heard about her when she was the second lady of the United States. She spent all of her time at Walter Reed uh, working with uh, disabled and wounded soldiers, rehabilitating them. She never did it. She never did it when the cameras were around. She never wanted the credit for it. She just wanted to do it. It was something she believed in. Biden is the same way behind the scenes. He's actually a very nice person. He's one of my favorite Democrats. Uh, you, you could be mad at him for the way he disparaged Mitt Romney. You could be mad at him for the things he's done to Republicans. You can be mad at him for a host of things in politics. But I would like to think we can still, as human beings, separate the dogfight of politics from the rest of the world around us. Uh, but all of that is creeping in around Joe Biden as Democrats begin to portray him as a creeper, as, as someone who is creepy, as someone who is inappropriate with women. I have to tell you, this isn't a new story. For years and years now, there have been ample stories and even pictures of Joe Biden. Joe Biden with the motorcycle woman. Joe Biden with, what was it, Susan Rice or whatever in the White House. Joe Biden with women when they were being sworn in or, or with their husbands being sworn in to, to the Senate when he was the president of the Senate as vice president. All of these pictures of Joe Biden putting his hands on women's shoulders, uh, kissing them on the neck, doing creepy Joe Biden-y things. I mean, dude is like like grandpa's age, and, and this is what he does, and he's done it for years, and the media suddenly horrified to find out Joe Biden's a perv. Joe Biden has always been. I'll tell you the other thing about Joe Biden. Joe Biden walked around the, the Naval Observatory naked. Joe Biden was notorious for walking around his home in Delaware and swimming in his pool naked in Delaware in front of the Secret Service agents, in front of female Secret Service agents. I live in Georgia and I know these stories. And the media are like, I can't believe this about you. Did you know? Yes, everybody knew. And it wasn't a big deal as long as Democrats were protecting their precious that was Barack Obama. It's only a big deal now because Biden is a threat to them. Charlie made an excellent point while Doug was talking. This is like Harvey Weinstein. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. And now all these people are coming out shocked and appalled and horrified when they knew the whole time. Elizabeth Warren knew about Joe. Joe Biden, here she is now siding with the accuser. Morning, if you had an additional response to that. So I did. Uh, I read the, the uh, op-ed last night, I believe, Lucy Flores, and Joe Biden needs to give an answer. Should he not run as a result? That's for Joe Biden to decide. She believes, so Lucy Flores, we're running for lieutenant governor somewhere, and it doesn't matter. And she claims Joe Biden made her feel uncomfortable. Well, you know, Mika Brzezinski has a good point about this uh, from Morning Joe this morning. So before we go to break, Joe, I just, it's, this is a hard conversation to have not because really. a lot of folks, um, will say that women need to be believed and heard. Mm -hmm. And I believe they should be heard. Right. Um, but are we allowed to bring up that Lucy Flores is a huge Bernie person and <gasps> she has, you know, 
political connections that might be counter well, to I mean, Biden's we're, goals we're, we're and that this could be, hold on, yeah. is it okay to bring up this could be politically motivated or are we just supposed to take all the words mm -hmm. and the fact that she says she was violated mm -hmm. at face value? Are we supposed to just leave it there Well, I mean, and have this, this sort mm -hmm. of um, attack on his credibility and his honor just sit there or are we allowed to talk about it. Well, are you, we allowed to talk about up. the man? You can bring it up, Mika, if you want your Twitter feed to look like your Twitter feed is going to look today. But it seems to me that, again, that... that so yes. we're not? Well, no, you just did. I, and, and, and what I'm saying is that, yeah, I, 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 the conversation has to be had. It has to be an open conversation. And as you've been saying, and as other people have been saying, the argument, all women must be believed, period. That's the end of the conversation. That was the argument six months ago. That was the argument when Al Franken was run out of town, run out of Washington, D.C., when what Donald Trump has done is so much more abhorrent. That conversation seems to have been moving along. I suppose I'm not allowed to say this because I'm a male. But just as an observer, that conversation has moved along to women need to be believed, women need to be heard, but there has to be due process out there. Yes. Now, if Mika Brzezinski, you should note, uh, when Brett Kavanaugh was accused, she was one of the very, very few people in the media to come out and say, wait a second, he has rights here too. You can't just believe these. In fact, Mika Brzezinski was more skeptical of the accusations against Brett Kavanaugh than any other person on MSNBC, say for Joe Scarborough. And she's getting blown up by the left for, for she was getting blown up by the left then on Kavanaugh. She's getting blown up by the left now on Joe Biden, but she's absolutely right. Uh, Lucy Flores is a Bernie Sanders supporter, huge Bernie Sanders supporter. And she waited all of this time and is only now accusing Biden of making her feel uncomfortable. There's a reason. Joe Biden is a threat to all of them. He's a threat to Elizabeth Warren. He's a threat to Bernie Sanders. He's a threat to Beto O'Rourke. He's a threat to uh, Pete Butter Judge. He's a threat to all of these people on the Democratic side running for president because he's ahead in the polls and he hasn't even announced they're doing everything they can now to tear him apart before he enters the race. They're trying to beat him up, beat him up before he gets in, hoping he never gets in, and he may not. Although I'm hearing from more and more people, they're saying Joe's coming in the race. And if he gets in the race, he's a threat to the Republicans, too. Joe Biden is the one person, I think, who actually can give Donald Trump a run for his money, primarily because Joe Biden isn't a loony lefty. And he's willing to say we need adults in the room. And that may reassure some of the Obama coalition that went to Donald Trump. Remember, Donald Trump did not just win because Republicans turned out more than Democrats. He won because a lot of Democrats who had voted for Barack Obama twice voted for him. All these people the Democrats want you to believe are racists. They were actually Barack Obama voters twice and then voted for Donald Trump in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Iowa and the like. They voted for Trump. Maybe Biden, maybe he can't. I don't know. He, the man is really old, but he thinks he's the only one who can win. And the Democrats out there against him, they're acting like they believe it too. One of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth, yet most of us don't do it properly. Quip is the better electric toothbrush created by 
dentists with designers. It was designed to make brushing your teeth more simple, affordable, and even enjoyable. In fact, Quip has sonic vibrations that are gentle enough for your sensitive gums, but clean your teeth very thoroughly. People brush too hard sometimes, and some electric toothbrushes are too abrasive, but Quip is just right. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping give a full, even clean. I love my Quip. I've been a Quip user for over two years now. In fact, the last time I went to my orthodontist, just like the time before that, he wondered if I was bleaching my teeth. I'm not. I'm just using my Quip. It's backed by over 20,000 dental professionals, and right now Quip starts for just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So you get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Eric. You guys, I have to tell you, I worked on a recipe this weekend. I know, don't don't shoot me for talking about recipes on the air, but I have been wanting to play around with this Cook's Illustrated uh, chicken roast chicken recipe in a lemon sauce because I, I needed to modify it, and I did, and it was delicious, and that's going to be my recipe this week. If you subscribe to my recipe list on Wednesday, it is a skillet roasted chicken breast in lemon sauce. It is delicious. Oh my gosh, was it amazing. Um, so text the word recipe to 345-345 and you can subscribe to the recipe list. It'll be out around lunchtime on Wednesday so you can make it. It is an easy recipe and oh man, is it good. It's also rather healthy other than two tablespoons of butter. There's really nothing terrible in the recipe. And the butter, let's be honest, butter is delicious. Okay, now we need to move on to other things. I'm here until eight tonight, by the way. Have you heard about Chick-fil-A being discriminated against? That's right. Local governments in San Antonio, Texas, and now Buffalo, New York, are prohibiting Chick-fil-A from opening restaurants in their city airports. And they're going about it in such a way that if Chick-fil-A wanted to sue, they could do so to get into the airports. The reason being is because local governments are bound by the First Amendment. You can't discriminate on the basis of religion of an individual or the corporate owners of a corporation. And the city elders, the city elected officials, the city councils in Buffalo and San Antonio have gone on record saying the reason they're blocking Chick-fil-A from coming into these airports is because of the faith of the owners and the fact that the, the Kathy family tends to support Christian causes. Oh, of course, as, as these city councils say, bigoted causes because they support traditional marriage. How dare they support Orthodox Christianity? The whole thing is ridiculous. Uh, Christian's not welcome, basically. And if Chick-fil-A wants to sue, I, listen, there are plenty of organizations that are out there saying they will take the case uh, for Chick-fil-A, and they've, they've got a meritorious case. The federal government, as a matter of fact, uh, the Department of Justice has come out and suggested that these uh, cities may want to reconsider Chick-fil-A. You, you know, you can... Tell an organization like Chick-fil-A you're not welcome at our airport because someone else was going to pay us more to park there or we were going to get more money from someone else. But she can't tell a, a business in this country you're not welcome in a government-run facility because of the faith of your owners. It really is amazing that in the 21st century, companies and individuals are being discriminated against because of their faith. 
listen, you, you can disagree on gay marriage, but to tell a Christian you've got to abandon 2,000 years of Orthodox Christianity shared by over 2.2 billion people on planet Earth, um, that actually is discrimination in and of itself. It's not going to work that way. That's just amazing we're here in this country at this point. The phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. I want to spend some time talking about that which I think conservatives spend too much time talking about. I know, I know, I know, but it's becoming relevant. Uh, the media is running all sorts of fawning profiles over Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And they're also saying conservatives are attacking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is one of the discussions from CNN on the issue. Neil, I want to turn and, and get one more topic in here all fast. The Republican Party versus Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the freshman uh, Democrat in Congress from New York. Take a look at the crowd when Donald Trump Jr. appeared at a campaign-style rally for his dad earlier this week. They are chanting her initials. You heard the word that followed. And today, Ocasio-Cortez responded by saying this is a pattern among those on the right, including the president. And she added that the president doesn't have another woman, Hillary Clinton or whoever else, to vilify anymore. Nia Malika, why is she such a magnet for conservatives? Well, she's incredibly charismatic. Uh, she is in some ways a symbol of where the country is going in terms of demographics. Uh, here she is, a young Latina woman who upset uh, a Democrat in New York. And she's in incredibly eloquent in terms of talking about Democratic Party values. And I think she's probably right. This idea that she's the new uh, boogie woman, the old boogie woman, obviously it was Hillary Rodham Clinton. We remember those chants of uh, lock her up, lock her up. Uh, they've moved moved on from that and, and found a, a new boogie woman in, in AOC. But listen, I mean, she's somebody who's got a real following on the left and probably has a real future in the party, even as there are people in the Democratic Party who are a little nervous about the kind of platform uh, she has. But I expect you'll probably hear more of that at those Trump rallies. You know, the way the media covers these things, it's just not smart, actually. Vox, the supposedly objective site filled with a bunch of liberal hacks, has a story out today about how conservative media is driving down Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's popularity. They actually have that story on the website, an explainer on how conservatives are driving down her popularity. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I, I guess this is an admission that the media really is driving down President Trump's unpopularity. They're driving down his popularity. They, they're driving up his unpopularity. I mean, that's the argument the left is making about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that it, the reason she's so unpopular, President Trump polls better in New York than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does. President Trump actually polls better in New York City than she does. And the argument from the left is that, well, it's because Republicans are bad-mouthing her. That's why she's so unpopular. If that's true, then it's true for Donald Trump as well. Or it could be that she has rushed out there in New York City, for example, scuttling the Amazon deal that was deeply popular with the working class. 
And she goes on TV and, and, and social media and says insane things. Today, she's actually out saying that she she's shocked that a croissant at LaGuardia Airport is $7 per croissant. Surely they could afford to pay people $15 an hour if the croissant is expensive. Do you know why the croissant is expensive at the airport? It's because they're paying people $13.50 an hour to work there, and they have a monopoly service contract. So they can do that. This is basic economics. She has an economics degree, and everything she says flies in the face of economics. She's an idiot. And yet she wants to be the, the, the voice of the people. She wants to be the voice of reason. She wants to be the voice of economics on the left. And it just isn't working out well. And now, Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, it's true. It's like we need to take a look at factory farming, you know, period. It's wild. It's not like to say we're going to force everybody to go vegan or anything crazy like that. But it's to say, listen, maybe you shouldn't be eating a hamburger for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, let's keep it real. That was Deep Thoughts by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, she writes our material for us, people. She writes our material for us. I, I am totally in the camp that Republicans don't need to spend so much time on her and everything she says and does, but it's clear the Democrats are positioning her as some sort of voice within the party. The media is giving her the credibility. She's on the cover of Time. She She's having roundtable discussions on MSNBC, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, CNN talking about her. And, you know, it's, it's the thing that I find with, like, um, transgenderism and gay rights. I, I, I get this a lot myself that, oh, you're just obsessed with this. You're obsessed with it. Whenever Republicans push back, whenever conservatives push back, the media and progressive activists declare us obsessed. When we're we're just responding, um, what they want is they want her to have a free pass to say her nonsense. Her campaign manager is out saying that actually it's becoming more and more rare for people to call themselves capitalists, that socialism is where it's at. And it, it's, it's going to be harder and harder to find people who call themselves capitalists, maybe in Brooklyn, but in America, actually, we favor capitalism and socialism polling shows is deeply, deeply unpopular across the country, except maybe in Brooklyn and maybe Portland, Oregon. Everywhere else, though, people tend to understand that capitalism gives you greater improvement. Look at what's happening in Venezuela. And that's the other thing is, is she and others have to say, well, that's not true socialism in those countries. Uh, right. No, it's socialism as as designed and as implemented and as what happens when you have to start rationing things. You know, if you decided that a croissant at the airport in New York could only be two bucks, you know what would happen? They would stop making croissants and you would have a croissant shortage. That's how economics actually works. And she seems to be oblivious to that. Uh, a buddy of mine is telling me that she has a minor in economics. Uh, the, the media always talks about her being in economics, uh, having a degree in economics. Um, I, I guess the media is distorting, misrepresenting her just as she misrepresents reality. Me and y'all, I got some crazy stalker person on Instagram. Um, it, you know, it, it's the one area where I keep everything completely politics-free, but 
somebody, and it appears to be the same person. Every once in a while, I would get a text message from someone who appeared to be normal and would reply, and then suddenly start getting these deranged texts from the person about how uh, the government was out to get them. There was some sort of conspiracy to, to come after them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I wind up blocking the person. This happened three or four times, and now they're randomly putting comments on. Uh, I mean, one of them was the the chicken recipe. I put up a picture of the chicken and commented that I was participating in the conspiracy to try to kill kids in daycare and him. And they just keep coming. He keeps creating accounts to do this. And apparently I'm not the only one. Just crazy, crazy people on the Internet. I try to be nice to people, but man, the crazy Instagram is kind of my safe place. So it, I resent that I got stuck stalker problem with some crazy person on instagram uh nonetheless i will endeavor to move on i'm actually sticking around mark aram is not here tonight so you're gonna have to hear me and when we come back all the other stuff i hadn't had a chance to get to with the media bias out there cbs news actually running a fawning portrayal of human traffickers making them the heroes in the story about smuggling people into the united states it is insane and more on the media reaction to Joe Biden as well. This is not Mark Aram. I know. I I, I can't sound like Mark Aram. I'm I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm not sure what the Atlanta Jewish accent is to accurately portray Mark Aram, but I'll put on a Yankees cap, I guess. Uh, it may sit on, catch my head on fire if I do, because the Braves are back in town today. That's what we should be talking about. But there's still news we need to talk about. And then, and then, uh, we're going to make this uh, April Fool's Day. We're not going to do April Fool's jokes, actually. Um, I hate April Fool's Day. We're actually going to do something legitimate. Uh, once a year, I fill in for Mark Aram and do this. Once a year, we do the restaurant recommendation show starting at 7 o'clock. There's still a lot of news I got to get through. So I get three hours today to cover news, and then we get to restaurant recommendations. The top of the 7 o'clock hour, you'll be able to call in and offer up your favorite restaurant in the metro Atlanta area for people to go to. As the summer and spring season are here, it's later in the evening. You can sit outside, have a drink, enjoy patios at various restaurants it's that time but first we got more news to talk about and i wasn't even going to talk about this but i just saw this dan zach he is a uh, writer for uh, the washington post Uh, the way he writes this stuff he's got to be um a liberal he just has to be The, the the headline is al gore is near the end of his quest to save the earth The former vice president passes an inconvenient legacy to a new generation of climate activists. Now, I'm just going to read you this this tweet stream from the guy. Al Gore turned 71 yesterday. He's been beating the climate drum for 40 years. I went to Atlanta to watch him train 2,000 people to be climate leaders, his replacements in a way. One of them, a 24-year-old student from North Carolina. The training in Atlanta was Gore's 40th, but his first focus on environmental justice. Environmental justice. A majority of panelists were people of color and included reverends and tribal leaders. Gore himself, this is the punchline, folks, this is the punchline. Gore himself was on stage talking about how voter suppression 
is a climate change issue. (laughs) Yes, voter suppression is a climate change issue. Now, this is a a perfect tie into what I intended to talk about. Dan Zak, he calls himself a newspaper man of the Washington Post. He's a writer for the Washington Post, this guy is. And he's treating this as if it's serious. He's treating this as if climate change and and voter suppression go hand in hand. The whole thing is insane. And yet he's a a reporter for the Washington Post. He he, he sounds pretty liberal, if you ask me. Not very not not an objective reporter. And and that's the perfect tie-in to all these things. I don't know if you heard last week. So uh, Yasser Ali is a freelance, highly respected, I should note, freelance writer for the Huffington Post, the New Yorker, New York Magazine, and others. His stuff is everywhere. He, he, I definitely think he is leans to the left socially, but he tries to be very, very straight. He is, in particular, heavily into the entertainment beat. He has covered the Weinstein matter and other things, and he did a story, a very innocuous story, on when the Democrats were going to have their first debate. And what happened next is actually not all that surprising, but it, it really should be, and it would be if we weren't so used to the media being. So he, Yasser Ali, he, he writes this story, and all it is is a scoop on when the Democrats are going to hold their first primary debate. He gets it before the campaigns. He's reached out to some of the campaigns. The campaigns knew the story was coming. They didn't know when the story was coming, and they ran with it. And of all things, a reporter reached out to Yasser Ali, and not just any reporter. The reporter who reached out was Daphna Linzer, who is the managing editor of politics for NBC and MSNBC. And according to Yasser Ali, she, this is a direct quote, called to bully me on behalf of the Democratic National Committee. He says her conduct during the call was highly inappropriate and unethical. She wasn't calling to try to get the scoop for NBC. She wasn't trying to get the scoop for MSNBC. She was trying to keep him from running the story on behalf of the Democratic National Committee. Now, can you imagine the media reaction if someone from Fox News called him to bully him on behalf of the Republican National Committee? Can you, Brian Sessler at CNN would have to change his underwear. I mean, the amount of time Brian, and look, I like Brian, but Brian is obsessed with Fox News. He, I mean, he has become the, the CNN mouthpiece. He's like Baghdad Bob for CNN. Um, don't worry about the ratings. Fox News is bad. Fox News is going to collapse. They're imminent. They're state-run propaganda. It's just it's it's embarrassing to watch reliable sources be as unreliable as it has been. Uh, Fox is living rent-free in the guy's head. He's living rent-free. Fox is living rent-free in CNN's head. Can you imagine the reaction if someone from Fox News, the political editor of Fox News, had reached out to this reporter or anyone else and tried to run interference for the RNC? The outrage from the press would be insane, and yet they are amazingly silent. Or look at the Joe Biden story. You've got all of these young reporters out there running around uh, outraged about Joe Biden manhandling women as if he wasn't doing it when he was vice president of the United States. 
There are pictures all over the place. It's one of the endearing things about Joe Biden, actually, is all these pictures of him massaging women. I mean, he doesn't care. Joe Biden, he's almost 80 years old, and he doesn't care. He's got old man smell, and he's massaging young women's shoulders in pictures. He doesn't care. He's Joe Biden. And all these reporters who have been watching him do this for decades are now like, oh, my gosh, Joe Biden did what? They were in the room when he did it. And they didn't care because they were protecting their precious Barack Obama. And Joe Biden was the vice president. You couldn't say anything about Joe. And now they're they're shocked, shocked that there was gambling going on in this place. And then there's CBS News. Let me read you the tweet. Let me read you the tweet from CBS of their big story. This is how they, how they introduced their big story in this tweet. The human coyotes helping migrants survive Central America's grueling Darien Gap jungle. That's right, the coyotes, the, the, the human coyotes. Those are human traffickers, people. They're doing this fawning profile over the coyotes. Along the Panama-Columbia border lies 60 miles of dense forest where smugglers known as coyotes guide migrants seeking passage north for the right price. Emerson Gonzalez Jimenez said he typically charges $700 to get people safely from Caparagana, Colombia to... Bogachita Panama. I guess Bajo Chito. I have no idea. It's Bogachita in South Louisiana. He said he sometimes makes exceptions and lowers the cost, especially if he encounters migrants who were abandoned by their group. Many get lost. They lose the path, says Gonzalez. I helped a lot of people, particularly women with children, because many have passed through here and not made it. Y'all. These are human traffickers. Some of the people they're smuggling into the United States are used as slaves. I'm not making that up. And yet CBS is running fawning profiles on these people. Do you really think that they would do this if Donald Trump had not gone after these coyotes and made them bad guys? If he had not attacked them, they are bad guys. I mean, this is Trump derangement syndrome at large. You've got CBS News doing fawning profiles of human traffickers claiming that they're the good guys in all of this. You've got the the head of politics for NBC bullying a reporter on behalf of the DNC and no one else in the media is saying anything. You've got all of these reporters shocked and appalled at at Joe Biden as if there's something. And then you've got this reporter claiming that, that Al Gore is teaching that voter suppression is related to climate change. He's such a good guy. Is it any wonder... That American favorability and trust in the media is like the the media is less popular than the toilet paper on your shoe when you come out of a public stall at a bathroom. I mean, the, the media has a real trust and image problem and they don't care because Trump It's crazy. It is Eric Erickson in for Mark Aram. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. The ACLU is is alleging that the Supreme Court is discriminating against Muslims um, because the, the two cases came before the U.S. Supreme Court recently over the death penalty. One was a Muslim prisoner in Alabama who was not allowed to have an imam. 
present for his execution, the other a uh, Buddhist who wanted a monk present. And the Supreme Court did not allow the Muslim imam uh, to be present and did allow the Buddhist. And the ACLU is is saying that uh, these issues between Dominique Ray and Patrick Murphy, uh, their requests to have clergy members of their own face at their execution, so that Ray is a Muslim and Murphy is not. That's the only real difference. So the Beckett Fund, which is one of the great, great uh, conservative groups out there dedicated to fighting for religious liberty is taking the ACLU to task. See, the ACLU argued against the advice of other groups. The ACLU argued in the Dominique Ray case uh, that Ray, uh, this is an establishment clause issue and that essentially the government was establishing that uh, Christianity was the only acceptable a religion present in an execution chamber that violated Ray's rights, and that's not it at all. In fact, uh, Ray waited until the last minute to make the case, and there was no one available at the time. And so the the state refused to postpone the execution further. Well, the Beckett Fund points out that in the case involving Patrick Murphy, this is a case came out from the Supreme Court uh, in the last week, that Murphy was arguing a free exercise clause, a difference in the First Amendment. And the ACLU has refused to argue these free exercise clauses. And the reason the ACLU has refused to argue free exercise of religion uh, arguments in the Supreme Court is because they don't want it to help Christian bakers who don't want to bake cakes and gay weddings. And they're afraid their arguments would amount to that. And yet those cases are winning in the Supreme Court. So it's not that the Supreme Court hates Muslims. It's that the Supreme Court likes free exercise arguments and the ACLU refused to make them. Eric Erickson in for Mark Aaron. We'll be back. I think that's my cue. You know, the nice thing about filling in for Mark Aram is that he's got Low T Chuck instead of my producer, Charlie, who's just a jerk. Uh, Low T's a little bit of a better human being than Charlie. So anyway, Charlie's gone home. <laughs> Y'all, I just want to note for the record, when the interstate collapsed in Atlanta, it was homeless people burning it down. In Tennessee, it just collapsed like the Tennessee football team. I just, I mean, the bridge collapsed. It was the 75 North I-24 West split. The railing from I-75 fell onto the I-24 ramp. According to the Tennessee Department of Transportation, there were injuries. One person injured. Thank God nobody killed. Shutting down these two interstate roads. Y'all know where this is. You head into Chattanooga and you got that big sharp turn there when you go from 75 to 24 to head up to, to Nashville. And or, or yeah, Nashville. Yeah, just my goodness gracious. Oh, this is 24. Yes, 24 West. So you're headed towards Nashville. Ah, my goodness gracious. It did not take homeless people to burn this down, though. It just happened naturally in Tennessee. That's all you need to know about Tennessee, I guess. Somebody just texted me, I won't say who, because they should have known better, that I'm filling in for Mark Aram. Am I going to talk about Nipsey Hussle? I didn't even know what that was. I had to look it up. It's apparently a person who was uh, shot and killed, apparently a store owner and rapper, owns something called Marathon Clothing in South Los Angeles, and 
was shot and killed yesterday. I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything about it. I never even knew there was a person named that. So you can consider it talked about now. We need to move on to other things, the Twitter games they play. Uh, there is a movie that has come out. I was uh, encouraged to go to a sneak preview, and I couldn't. I forget why, but I wasn't able to get to it. And they were going to send me a secure link to be able to watch it. Just it never worked out. But it, it's an- unplanned. Unplanned is a movie that has come out. It is a true story about an abortion activist who worked at Planned Parenthood and after seeing what Planned Parenthood was doing became pro-life. It is getting really good reviews. It's got an A-plus cinema score, which is actually really unusual. And, And let me be, can I just be brutally honest with you? A lot of these Christian movies out there are crap. I mean, good Lord, I do not like going to these preachy Christian movies where they're all stereotypical. You've got the elderly black lady who's going to pray to Jesus and miracle of miracles. The miracle actually turns out for for the, the poor kid in the wheelchair who gets up and walks and the kid in school whose teacher suddenly goes from being a mean, nasty atheist to a Jesus loving Bible thumper. And hey, let's throw in some Christian contemporary music. I mean, the movies are, I I guess you can get your church and you can go see them. You say, oh, it's wonderful. Come on. I don't need to see C-list actors who love Jesus playing in movies. I would rather a movie that actually has a, a good moral concept to it that's not one of these. I mean, there's like Christian contemporary music for the silver screen. A lot of, they're just dreadful movies. They're poorly produced. They're poorly acted. Uh, and this apparently unplanned is a complete diversion from that. Apparently it's not, a, it's not one of those, oh, we know someone's going to pray to Jesus and it's all going to work out. It's actually a, a true story. It's got credible actors, credible production, highly, highly rated. It's got an A-plus cinema score. Christian movies never get an A-plus cinema score, which means it's got to be a good movie. And it turns out that Twitter banned the account for the movie. Local TV stations around the country and national TV, uh, TV and cable companies are refusing to run ads for this movie unplanned. They're refusing to run ads for a movie that's in the theater because it's a pro-life movie about Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood is uh, using pressure tactics and, and boycott threats to get groups, TV stations, and others to not run advertising. Twitter blocked the account. When they turned the account back on, they wiped out all their followers. When you tried to follow, you weren't allowed to follow on Twitter. The amount of harassment, and yet this movie is outperforming uh, what people were expecting it to do at the box office. I have not seen it. A bunch of my friends who share my criticisms of your typical Christian dreck at the theater actually say this is really, really a good movie worth going to see. And it is amazing the amount of harassment directed towards the people who put this movie on, undoubtedly from Planned Parenthood, NARAL and others, uh, kind of like they're harassing people in Georgia. So all this is to say I do intend to go see uh, Unplanned. I also intend to see Shazam this week, which is, believe it or not, I was expecting the, the previews made it look so hokey, silly that... I wasn't going to go see because it's DC and DC makes terrible superhero movies. Um, Oh, come on. You know, and I know that Aquaman was not that good of a movie um, unless your name is David French. But nonetheless, I intend to go see Shazam and I intend to go see Unplanned. And the fact that a lot of my friends who do not care for uh, these and I don't mean to be critical, but man, it's like if you're a Christian, you're supposed to say nice things about these movies and they're not good. Um, what was the last good one I saw? Um, um, oh, there, there actually was a recent one about mercy me, the, the Christian band, uh, 
there what was i is was it i can only imagine was that the one yes i think that was it yeah 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 uh my father-in-law wanted to see it i can only imagine that was actually good but yeah most of them they're not in the so i can only imagine was actually really good and um unplanned apparently all of my friends who share my concerns actually like this movie so i'm gonna go see it now phone number is 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk It is Eric Erickson in for Mark Aram. Before we get into restaurant recommendations in the next hour, uh, there have been a number of stories that have come out in major media outlets about an increase in hate crimes around the country, particularly targeting um, young gay men and lesbians around the country. And it's all been blamed on the increase in the Trump phenomenon, the increase in white supremacy. Noah Rothman at Commentary Magazine, he's on Morning Joe regularly, actually got in trouble, got made someone angry on Morning Joe by pointing out that actually the number of hate crimes in this country has not gone up. The number of false claims of hate crimes has gone up. And people were outraged by him saying it. But it's the truth. The number of hate crimes have not actually gone up in this country. Uh, what has gone up is people claiming they're victims of hate crimes, and overwhelmingly, it turns out they have made these claims up. And now there's more out of it uh, from Portland, Oregon, which appears to be one of the hotbeds of this, of people claiming that they're the victims of hate crimes, usually homophobic attacks. Uh, Andy, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Ngo, uh, Andy, I, I, I don't, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but he, he's a journalist out in Portland. He's the editor of Cool at a great, great online publication, and he's been covering this. And so he has this Twitter thread, are LGBT people being beaten nearly to death and even killed on the streets of Portland in unprovoked attacks? Or are we actually being hoaxed? I dig into the story. Uh, and he, he writes about it in the New York post. Uh, he points out that a GoFundMe uh, for activist Sophia Gabriella Stanford went viral after it was alleged she was violently attacked from behind with a baseball bat by transphobes. But that's not what the police reports say. Some uh, self-described, quote-unquote, fat queer activist, Ginny Brusso, claimed in a viral uh, Facebook and Twitter post that her partner, Bree Jones, was attacked by homophobes. She says, yes, it's been reported, but police have no records. Or even a report, or even a phone call. In fact, police say um, that the whole thing, well, they were ignored. Activists started sharing attack alerts and disturbing flyers around Portland with photos and names of people they blame. Number of alleged hate attacks grew from 2 to 15. Portland was now in a moral panic about marauding right-wing gangs hunting the LGBT community. And who contributed to the panic? The mayor and a bunch of uh, gay rights outlets in Portland. And yet these aren't actually happening uh, Ginny Brusso deleted her Facebook post detailing the alleged hate attack after people started raising questions, uh, claiming that we owe you nothing and people were getting triggered. On Twitter, she mocked someone who raised valid points about her story not adding up. Now, it just it goes on and on and on, folks. All of these stories. And you know, look at look at Jesse Smollett in Chicago. Look at that one. 
unbelievably discrediting um, real hate crimes, undermining real hate crimes. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK.